Welcome to the first episode of Bird Talk. I'm very happy to have two awesome guests here. Um, we have Lance and Jarrell. Now Lance, right? And it's it ask you? Yeah. Yeah. Fuck yeah. I practiced it. I was like, <laughs> I'm like, ask you, ask you. So we have Jarrell ask you and Lance right here. Uh, not really from Colorado, but Colorado locals now who fight out here. And man, thank you so much for coming over here. This is the first episode of Bird Talk. We also have Matt, Matty H here, the producer in the house. How are you guys? Good. Doing great, man. Thanks for having me. Nice. Yeah, doing good, man. Fuck yeah, it's awesome. I've been wanting to do this for a little bit. I used to have a, I mean, we still do, but it's very hard to do over Zoom. And um, I'm going to plug you in, Lance, so you can listen to what we're saying. Um, but yeah, it was just, uh, it was great. It was always a lot of fun uh, doing the podcast with my friend Fabian. And we got to really work with a lot of people, especially him training over there at like uh, at Sarah Longo's and stuff like that. So it's nice to have you guys in. Um, this podcast, just more or less, since it's the first episode, is uh, based on like MMA, uh, jujitsu, wrestling. We're going to have, that'll be the main focus. But every now and then we'll like shift off and just hopefully one day like have Ben Shapiro or somebody. And I'm just like... <laughs> I always like I always like tease the class. I'm like whenever I'm like teaching, I'm like, if you guys don't start training harder, I swear to God, I will put a Ben Shapiro podcast on right now. You know, <laughs> sometimes I'll play Smash Mouth by All Star, and they know it's like a cue for them to understand that they're fucking up. <laughs> but what's up? Welcome in, guys. Um, you guys are uh, fighting out of uh, both of you guys are out of high altitude out here, right? Fuck yeah, yeah. Cody Donovan out there. Um, Cody Donovan is your main head coach. Um, no, it's uh. Well, you have the. High altitude gym, and then you have team elevation, right? So gotcha. you have multiple different coaches. I'll say uh, Coach Banks. Okay, so uh, Carrington Banks, right? Yeah. Yeah, man. Carrington, Carrington's awesome, dude. Really funny. I always had a really fun time when I was working the front desk at the Eastern Denver location. You guys were still there. Yeah. Uh, when I'd watch you guys play dodgeball and get warmed up. It's so funny <laughs> seeing these fucking guys who are striving to be the best fighter in a weight class just being like, we're playing dodgeball. And oh, it's yeah. like, it's, I'm like, is this a warm up? And they're like, yeah, something like that. Gets it, too. Yeah, I guess it's We're going to bring it back. Yeah, Whatever, tell yeah. me, why don't you guys talk a little bit about the fucking famous dodgeball warm-up? Oh, man. How did it start? Do you guys know? I think it was just like a team-building exercise. Kill it closer to the mic, just to make sure. Yeah, I cool. think it was a team-building exercise at the start, and, you know, it just got more and more competitive. <laughs> um, yeah, so sometimes, like, we'd be like 20 minutes in and be like, all right, guys, we got to start practice. One more game. <laughs> One more. We're tied 2-2. Two, two. We have to have a tiebreaker. So, yeah. Um, that was this is a lot of fun. Um, we started to have it again, but um, over at the new facility, but we haven't hasn't caught on. Maybe something that we oh, it's haven't. coming back. Oh yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. We talked about it today. Actually, it's nice. coming back. Yeah. Right, Why do you it. think it didn't catch on? Is uh, there just like a different group of people at this point? Well, we just got to have like a meeting and get everybody like, okay, we're going to get here, you know, 20 minutes early. We're going to have like two to three games and, you know, we're, but it's just getting everybody get there on time. On time. Yeah. So, that's yeah. probably the hardest part, right? Yeah. yeah. And then like, there's some people that are like, oh, you know, we're just moving around. We're just hitting pads or whatever. And she's like, that's fine. But like, you know, it's, <laughs> it's good for team building camaraderie. You know, you get these little wars and stuff. Like we get Wetzel with his little shield with three yeah. little balls and he oh, turns yeah. himself into like, you know, Bowser with a show can't, <laughs> he's can't a utility he's a utility player yeah Wetzel was one of the guys that i definitely saw was like we're playing for keeps you know yeah. i was yeah. like hell yeah i like it i like it. <laughs> like he's here to win <laughs> even he used to hide player. behind that little wall at the old at the old, old hammer. Academy, yeah yeah just and just crouch behind that wall and by himself hella time 
That's awesome, man. I think it's like, uh, honestly, it seems like a pretty great way of like building some like team camaraderie because I think it's obviously way different from like jujitsu to MMA. You guys are obviously, you're training with each other, but eventually you guys start getting into sparring. And that always, you know, like, I mean, sparring, sparring, like you talked about when we were together. It's like, it always just like, it takes really good partners for you guys to be confident. And I feel like uh, you guys are really well known as elevation team. So I feel like you guys constantly have people coming in from like different parts of the world. And I feel like that's a great way to just kind of break the ice, you know, like, like kind of find your way, like start getting like, you know, it's like kind of play the game, you know, it's like kind of play the game with the team. And it's like, you know, I, I honestly, I would see some of the people who are, especially like some of the international people, they'd come Mm -hmm. in and be like, this is silly. And I'm like, it's not silly, man. It's like, A, A, it's a good way of warming up, but like B, especially like, I don't know, from an outside perspective, I was kind of like, if if you're like trying to come here and train with these guys, obviously like, yeah, you're here to like get better, but like, I don't know, wouldn't you want to build that camaraderie? So if you ever want to come back, if it is some like good training, you like want to have that rapport with people and not just like people be like, oh, they kind of just did their thing the whole time they were out here. So I feel like that was a genius way of really kind of just breaking the ice, especially in fighting. And, uh, and yeah, it kind of just, I would always see like the ones who would sit out and I'm like, man, you're taking yourself so serious, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, come on, get in here and play this dodgeball, man. Like, you know, like, uh, you know, I've been in, I've been in a couple of big rooms and I noticed a lot of them do stuff like that. Like, even if it's not dodgeball, you know, it'll be, it'll be something else. But even at, uh, another gym that I, that I used to train at, uh, we used to play dodgeball every, it was either Wednesday or Thursday, but, uh, we would come in and we'd get so competitive, you know, and then by the time practice, we start, we're already sweating, we're already ready yeah. to move, we're still laughing, you know, about what happened, but we're getting serious, you know. Yeah. Someone yeah. threw out their shoulder. Nice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. You're There's always one, yeah. for sure. Yeah. You're warming up, but you're trying to win, yeah. Yeah. That's awesome, man. That's really cool. Um, what's it like training at a gym that has, uh, obviously has, like, a, a big reputation for MMA? I feel like it's basically Factory X and Elevation Fight Team out here, right? Um, what's it like training at that? Like, what was your experience like when you first got out here? Um, and if you want, give us a little bit of background from like where you, where you came and like, we can get into the backstory of like how you guys started training, but like what brought you to, uh, Denver and elevation fight team? Um, well for me, I had Neil as my contact. I trained with some of the people like Miguel Torres. Um, and he put me in contact with Neil and I came out here and started training with him a little bit. And it was, it just kind of clicked. Um, some of my first rounds were like Thursday practices with Neil and Nate Marquard and just like, you know, these high level guys on the mat all the time, you, you can't help but get better, you know? And yeah, they beat my ass and everything, but it was just like being on the mat, you you rise to the occasion and stuff like that. So kind of humbling at the start, but then you start to realize that, oh, you know, altitude's not that bad. You can, you can start to survive these practices and stuff like that. And then just being around like top level talent in every category, whether it's striking, wrestling, jujitsu, you know, it's, um, it, it, it's really overwhelming sometimes and you know I'm just thankful that I have the opportunity to come out here and to do this because um, came from a pretty small gym in Indiana and you know just if you want if you want to be better you got to go to different gyms you got to learn from different people you never know what somebody can teach you you know yeah for sure uh, how was it making that move from Indiana out here were you like pretty convinced were you like bags packed like we're fucking gonna figure it out well, after my first like initial trip where I came out and trained with Neil, it was just kind of like, okay, well, let's let's just make this happen. And at that point in time in my life, I was just like, I'd never moved outside of like a fifty mile radius in Indiana, so it was it was really a huge change, huge shock. But you know, I love it. I love being out here in Colorado, in the mountains, and everything. Yeah. Something something you don't get to experience in flat ass Indiana. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> 
Definitely. And you met Neil Magny through Miguel Torres because you were training with Miguel Torres? Yeah, yeah. Nice. Um, I did a few seminars with Miguel. I'd go over and train at his facility. Um, a lot of his uh, like um, top-level students I still am friends with to this day. And uh, yeah, he's just a really great guy, an OG, and showed me techniques that I still use to this day as well. Yeah, Miguel Torres is the man. I remember being in like my last years of high school in like 2009, watching the WEC. And I just remember him like, Always just being so excited. He come out there with his mole and he was little yeah. pinky, but so big. And man, look, I, Demetrius Johnson is one of my favorite fighters of all time. But to this day, I really do think I got to go back and watch. It's been a while since I watched Miguel Torres' fight against Demetrius Johnson. But I think I think it could have gone. I mean, it could have gone another way. But I think Miguel Agreed. Torres could have won that fight. He was doing a lot of work from his guard, elbowing, throwing submissions. You know, close fight. But man, like to give Mighty Mouse a run for his money. And it's cool, man. Uh, we just refereed uh, Illinois uh, recently, and Miguel always comes to those tournaments. So it's always cool. It's like, like I don't know. I've been watching the sport for a while now. I love the sport, and Miguel Torres is one of my favorite fighters. Until like even when I first started working Naga, and I saw him for the first time, I was like, "Holy shit, that's Miguel Torres!" <laughs> yeah. And like being a smaller guy, it was always cool to like see like one thirty fivers, and like even like the Uriah Faber in the one forty five division with Mike Brown and everything was super fun to watch. But man, something about Miguel Torres' fights and his fights with like Takeya Mizugaki were insane, you know. And it was just so awesome to watch him fight. And, uh, man, I really think uh, if the UFC would have just bought WC a little sooner, I think he would have been the first 135 champ. You know, or at least imagine seeing uh, Dominic Cruz versus Miguel Torres. Yeah, man, that would have been cool. Such been, a banger. Yeah, that would have been cool. So that's pretty cool, man. Uh, for those of you who don't know who Miguel Torres is, literally just put Miguel Torres highlight on YouTube and enjoy the next 13 minutes of your life. Um, <laughs> that's awesome, man. And, Gerald, what, what, like, how did you make the connection uh, to Elevation Fight Team? Uh, so my my brother actually moved out here first. Um, uh, where were you guys? I, I know you, you told me earlier that you were from Alaska, but were you were you train? Did you start training MMA in Alaska? Yeah, so I did my uh, jujitsu training in Alaska, and in 2013, um, I had a couple of amateur fights too. In 2013, I moved to California, and I stayed out there. My brother uh, he was still in Alaska, so he moved out. Let's see, he he moved out to Colorado. With his, uh, at the time, his girlfriend, they're married now. Um, they moved out here. What would you say? I, he met Lance first. It was probably like 2017, 18? 2019. Yeah, because yeah. I moved out here in 20, 2018. And yeah, it was in Wetzel's garage when we were Is this playing. Is older poker. brother or are you twins? Oh, he's my older brother. Okay, cool. Yeah, For some a, reason, I thought you guys were twins. Yeah, a lot of people think we're twins. <clears throat> we're basically twins. He's a year older. Nice. But uh, I came out here to visit him and, uh, I trained a little bit when I came out here, and I was like, oh, you you know, this team has an awesome thing going on. You know, I was part of a a, a good team in uh, California as well, and I had a couple couple more fights, and then I realized, you know, I needed more training partners. I needed more looks and different coaching, you know. And, uh, Where in I California just, were you? What city? I was in Sacramento. Nice. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah, so that's uh, an interesting town, man. We'll get into oh, that later. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Sacramento <laughs> is uh, that's that's I don't I lived around the world. I'm an army kid, I moved around my whole entire life, and out of everyone I've ever, ever been, Sacramento is probably the most interesting. Like, yeah, just that's a very it, nice way of it, putting it. it, it yeah. yeah, very yeah. interesting to say the least. Sacramento sucks. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, Sac I'm just kidding. Yeah, um, that's that, yeah, man. So then, uh, you came out here, visited your brother. Um, and he was training out here at Elevation. Yeah, yeah, he was training out here, and I, and I came out here to visit, and I was like, man, there's so many training partners. Like, this is nuts. I'm like, I, you know, I've never gotten so many different looks, you know. Yeah. Uh, you know, over over the years, sometimes it's easy to just 
not understand that you're you know you might be training with the same individual or the same two individuals or you know whatever and, and you might be high level but those are the same rounds you know when you're getting different looks from so many different people like that's that's invaluable you know especially people you can trust you know because you're training smart yeah and i think that's a key uh to getting better you know because that's why people will go cross train in the first place is let me test my skills against a tall person okay now let me see against a short person or okay what's the what's what are they going over here you know like Whereas, you know, I moved here, I've had access to so many different gyms and it's like a wealth of knowledge. It's it's just, yeah, it's great, man. You know, so I'm very happy with my move here. I got here at the end of 2020, I believe. And uh, yeah, I love it here, man. It's nice. Cool. So like, right, like pandemics going on. Fauci's yeah. like, we may not be able to even look at each other for another 37 <laughs> years. And then in 57 years, we can maybe think about the possibility of like, yeah. a mask to the store. I know, right? Yeah. That was crazy for sure. Like um, it was wild, a yeah. wild time for sure. Yeah, nice. And yeah. Um, and moving at that time, that was crazy. Nice man. Um, yeah. What do you guys feel like has been the biggest? Um, obviously, I'm sure you've improved in so many different facets. But what do you think's been the biggest technical, uh, like jump that you've seen in yourself since you've got here? Um, I'll definitely say that training with uh, pound for pound Muay Thai has helped my striking tremendously. <clears throat> I'll definitely say that I had a, a very good grappling base at the start and didn't, I had some weapons, some tools, but I didn't really have like an overall plan. And I feel like that's kind of what I've gotten over at pound for pound, kind of like cultivating, not just, you know, the skills, but also like the, you know, everything that comes around the game plan and just a striking game in general. And, um, yeah, having, uh, Justin Houghton over there and the rest of those guys, kicking my ass and you know pushing me striking wise has definitely been invaluable as you can see with my last few fights my striking just keeps on getting better and better nice man and do you feel like because it's always cool when you start learning a new skill like we've been working a lot at the academy like i've recently fallen in love with judo and mm -hmm. i've kind of like just like uh guess what guys we're all learning judo for the next year you know but um <clears throat> excuse me but yeah, like I feel like now with like these last three months of repetition and repetition, you start gaining a little bit of uh, like confidence in that skill and you're more willing to be like, oh man, like this guy's a good wrestler. Let me try this against him. You know, mm -hmm. like maybe it doesn't work, but like you're gaining the confidence, especially like if you didn't like wrestle in high school, which I'm sure so many of you guys, like so many of your training partners, they were like wrestling in the womb and shit, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, dude, I'm fucking barely done wrestling with my sexuality out of high school. <laughs> I'm trying to fucking do my best to survive. These kids have been wrestling for years. I just started BJJ. I fucking yeah. place called Extreme MMA. You know that fucking down with the sickness. <laughs> Shout out to Extreme MMA. I love you guys. But uh, nice, awesome. You're fired, Matt. <laughs> uh, yeah, right. No, we need you, Matt. Um, nice. And what do you feel like has been the biggest for you? I would say. <clears throat> Uh, positioning and overall awareness, right? Uh, something that I do like about pound for pound uh, that just like how uh, Lance mentioned, like we go there, we go, we throw so many kicks. And I think it's important, you know, if you're going to be a kickboxer um, in a fight, you know, some, some guys don't throw kicks, you know, but I throw a lot of kicks. So it's important for me to be throwing hundreds of kicks, you know, daily yeah, and be able to, yeah, to be able to throw a kick out there just like I would throw a jab out there. And uh, I also think that uh, what I, what I really like about what I've learned here is just the importance of positioning because it's one thing to learn combinations or techniques, but what happens in between all those combinations and techniques is positioning, right? And that's something that I feel like isn't always focused on a lot because you might have this cool kick or this cool combo or whatever, but before you throw that and after you throw that, that's where the bulk of the fight takes place, 
you know, and that's and, and it really comes down. To, you know, there's been people I'm sure Lance has maybe ha- maybe had some of these experiences, but I've had experiences with people I've sparred. And I know all this cool stuff. And I'm like, man, why can't I land a punch on this yeah. guy? What's going on? You know, it's, it's his positioning. You know, mm-hmm. if you're playing that game correctly, then people aren't even going to be able to get openings on you. And uh, you're going to be able to to limit how much damage you take, you know. So yeah. that's that's huge, you know. So I like that we focus on that here. Fuck like, yeah. It sounds like the biggest draw of all this was pound for pound. Shout out to pound for pound yeah, out <laughs> in Littleton. Uh, Lance was actually telling me about it. And uh, I, did, I started doing martial arts with striking. And I haven't done it in a while, and I've been wanting to get back into it. And um, it's down the road from here, so I actually might join you guys soon. Go back down there. The thing is that I, uh, I've got like let's call it hooked on phonics uh, syndrome, where I love the old school bladed stance that I did for so many years, (laughs) you know. Um, But shout out to my boy Wonder Boy Thompson, and we'll get into that later. Mm -hmm. That's a big underdog. Take him. Um, Anyways, that's really fucking awesome. Yeah, I will. I will also say that. as far as uh, Banks is huge on positioning as well. Yeah. Yeah, he's huge. So explain what do you guys mean by positioning. When you guys, uh, are you talking about like, are, cause for me in jiu-jitsu, I really feel like if we don't do positional rounds, like I understand the majority of people are dying to train and they just want to roll. They want to be a little free butterfly or so I, call, <laughs> I call some of them my little white monster energy butterflies because some of them are fucking hooked on phonics. And, um, and man, it's just like... Uh, uh, I really, really feel like the class benefits the most when we play positional, and I call them games, and some people laugh when I say that, but there are really games, you know? Yeah. And I heard somebody the other day feel, it's saying, like, you, your body, once you start doing that round, it won't really tell the difference until you meet the obstacle of the game, whether you're training live or whether you're doing mm-hmm. positional. But if you really think about it, like, if I just tell these students to go live train, the amount of time that they're going to spend just trying to do one thing, which is maybe, like, Toriando pass with the legs and get past the hip line and just develop the skill of laterally passing, maybe some of them will really focus on that, but, like, one or two out of a handful. But I feel like when we really play positional games, like, everyone really has to dial in. It's, like, they're called low, uh, like, low variable games, right? And it's like there's one obstacle, maybe two, all right? And then you're just trying to do that. It's not necessarily yeah. submit the person. It's not. It's like little micro games. And I feel like the class gets significantly better quicker doing that type of style. But I wonder, because I, I love MMA. I just trained jiu-jitsu. I love MMA. Like, is that something that you guys do? Do you play those positional games? Or is it more just like scrambles positionals? I'd say um, we do a lot of, uh, at least for, with pound for pound, a lot of slow form drilling is what we're kind of shifting towards. So that way, making sure that we're like pulling the elbow back on our high kicks and making sure that, you know, after we're throwing a combo, we're hitting the right angle so that way we're setting up other things. So going through whatever we're working on, whether it's the step through or like a switch jab hook, and just going through those and like taking the time to like digest the position. And we also do have like slower tech technical sparring days where we're like, okay, all right, person A can only do, you know, A and B and kind of how you were saying, it's kind of like a game, right? There is, there is an overall objective. So, um, in a way doing that same type of, uh, you know, um, what do you call it? Modified or just narrowed focus training is I think a very big skill and it translates not only from grappling all the way up into uh, striking and you know, how else are you going to get that live sense where you're going somewhat live, but you know, you're, you got parameter, you know? Yeah. 
putting restrictions uh, like yeah you're not focused on the overall exactly yeah. and it with striking it's just it's so important to have somebody when you're you have we've got all got big gloves on and mouthpieces just because we're not trying to wreck each other but you have to be throwing at my face you know yeah. if i want to go and slip the jab correctly yeah. you know and uh you got to be able to trust your guys so yeah. and obviously you got to be able to trust your uh partner in jiu-jitsu too not to tear your heel off yeah for sure. but you know cte is prevalent <laughs> yeah, that's the thing um, is that what you meant by the positional when you guys were uh, doing your rounds with Banks? Uh, so I would say yes and no. Uh, yes <clears throat> in the way that, like, uh, at pound for pound, right, we'll play games where it's like, okay, you can only jab and low kick for the duration of this round, you know? Mm -hmm. So it forces you to get good at uh, certain things. So in that <clears throat> in that case, yes, we do we do, do that. And But also uh, staying in position, you know, from an MMA standpoint, I think is ultimately – of personal responsibility and it's up to you to hold yourself accountable because it's so easy to to you you can't keep your eyes on everyone so if there's one coach 30 people in the class it's so easy to be able to like um hit too many re-steps or j-steps or some people might call it a rhythm step or whatever it might be between your reps but you have to personally hold yourself accountable in that regard and i also think that it's important that a coach emphasizes that but he's not necessarily always going to be next to you because you've got 20, 29 other people, yeah, you know, in the classroom. So Hold I think it's, uh, yeah, it's uh, just the fact that it's been emphasized so much. And, you know, I've been fighting for probably a decade now, you know, and, uh, you know, it's, it's something to sit back and think about it. Like, hmm, you know, am I focusing on that enough? Because when you look at great fighters, you look at guys like Islam, right? He's always in position. Yeah. He never overthrows. He never overextends. You know, he, he's always in position for the for the next move, you know. So <clears throat> to hear a coach mention that and then watch fighters do that and say, okay, I want to reach that goal. Yeah. You know, that's what I'm going to have to do. Yeah. So, yes, but also. Yeah, I got you. Know, you. So, like, position is mainly just always being, I hate to boil it down to this, but always being at the right place at the right time, basically. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Like, not being not being with your uh, throwing a uh, kick and then being out of position to get taken down or just just constantly being in a position where you can at least counter or defend yeah, for sure and when, when i look at classes with new people who are just learning how to punch or kick that's where you learn those bad habits is mm -hmm. okay this is how i throw a kick and and people do these weird resets or they might have these weird ticks or these weird things they do with their hands between reps and if you're doing that over and over and over when you're just learning how to throw a kick you know, when I first learned how to throw a kick, I didn't have anyone to tell me if it was correct or not. I'm pretty sure I got it off of YouTube and went to the gym and was like, okay, it said throw it like this. You know, so I'm, I'm picking up all these bad <coughs> habits, you know, and then now I'm knee deep in my professional career. Yeah. And I had to unlearn them. a lot of yeah, them. Yeah. Yeah. You know, for sure. and, and I realized, oh, it all just comes down to how frustrating right is position. that, dude? Oh, man. How Crazy. frustrating is once you make it to a place where you know, where you like now see the light and you're like, fuck so many years of doing yeah. this shit wrong you know yeah that yeah. happened to me i i um and it's look i i i, I believe that my first instructor my first instructor is a great instructor but i think he was doing the best that he could with what he had you know and like he was teaching what he knew and and when i moved from miami to new york uh i had been training for about six years i moved i had just gotten my brown belt and I moved to New York, and holy shit, was that an awakening, you know? Yeah. Jiu-Jitsu New York, going to train with my coach, uh, Ryan Quinn, and then going to train at the Blue Basement at Hensel's when everyone was uh, was there, getting to drop in, and then train with Jason Round, all these people. And I just remember, like, going up against Blue Bells, and I was like, fuck, you know? And it was just so much of the foundational work. Either I didn't lay out the right way, 
or I laid it out the wrong way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like I didn't even it was something that I never even covered or it was just like I had like a couple specialty moves and then I was just trying to grit my way out of everything. Yeah. And I remember my coach being like, so like if you, they pass that, what do you got? And I'm like, grit, you know, and it's like, oh, okay. He's yeah. like, fuck. He's like, why this kid come here, you know? But uh, I just remember, I remember, I'm very thankful now to uh, to have gone to New York and have been able to be, been in those high level rooms because I really had to do a hard reset. So I went from white to brown in six years and then I was a brown boat for seven years, mm. which was great, honestly, because I needed it. I felt like I felt like I restarted jujitsu, you know? Yeah. I felt like I was doing jujitsu for years when I moved to New York, but once I re- like once I saw the light, you know, I was like, fuck, there's a lot of work to be done. But I'm very thankful because I learned how to do the work, uh, how to be an instructor. like I saw my instructor who constantly went to go train himself to try to get better and train other people and that's something that i try to preach to the class too man it's like if your instructors aren't getting better then you're probably not getting better Mm -hmm. too you know it's so that's something that's important to me and uh, i'm glad you mentioned it man to like to see that like to see the light you know yeah to like be like man i fucking like i did this for so many years and i got by with it you know but like once you hit a high level room that shit just doesn't work for sure Mm -hmm. or it works on the wrong people that you don't want it to work (laughs) you know and you're like yeah, dude, but this guy has one arm, you know? And it's like, <laughs> yeah. of course I'm going to come over him on this side, you know? Like, yeah. Yeah. For so, sure. So, yeah. How, uh, how long did you feel like it took for you to reset into this, like, like new type of, I guess, like, learning mindset? Well, I would say, you know, I remember when I first, man, when I first moved out here, man, I got my ass beat. Man. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, what is going on here? Like, I got my leg kicked. I got whooped. I got tired, man, and and uh, <clears throat> you know, really, it wasn't the first time I went through that because I I had moved from Alaska as well to California, and even when I was in California, you know, there were different groups of people. I would, you know, like okay, you go train here, you go train there, and and damn, I feel like it's day one again, you know. So thankfully, it wasn't the first time that happened to me, but it was very humbling, right? And and uh, I was, you know, sometimes you gotta, even if you do. Training is just like that, right? Like, it comes in waves. Like, you might feel like you have things figured out for three months. And then, one, you know, the next month, you know, you're like, man, everyone's, I'm not passing guard the way I was. Or everyone's shutting this submission down. It's been working with, for, for three months, you know. And I feel like anyone who trains long term has run into, like, these brick walls where it feels like, man, what the hell have I learned? You know, you kind of just, one, you need to understand that it's normal because I feel like it happens to everybody. And two, you know, sometimes you got to take a step back and 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 rewind things and lay them back out again, because at certain points, like I've, I've gotten too caught up on like my athleticism, for example, like I'll, I'll jump over guard for like two months nice. and just getting away with that bullshit, you know. Yeah. And then like I'll be like, wait a minute, man, like I I need to go back and drill my passes again. I need yeah. to go back and and you know what I mean? Like like where, where do I go from square one? Yeah. And yeah, I feel like you train you know, like a, a little hobbit or somebody, or somebody yeah. like Glacian Tebow that somehow's in your weight class, and he just like brings his elbows to his knees, and you're like, yeah, oh, you're like, wait a minute, this guy's an armadillo, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, how I can't jump over him, yeah. But uh, for but, sure, yeah, nice man, uh, man. One thing that I really, uh, I've, I've really been interested in, especially because it's something that I feel like we all deal with. Um, some people are just like, no, I don't. I'm never nervous. I've never been nervous in my life, and I'm like, that's cool, man. You're a psychopath, <laughs> you know. But um, what's What's your take on mindset 
when it comes to fighting, you know, what's your take on mindset when it comes to competing? Like how, how do you deal? I guess that's like a very generic question, but I think it's a good one. Uh, how do you deal with the nerves? And then is there some type of way that you like restructure your thinking into trying to make it a, a thing? Or do you just kind of just like, are like, are you dialed in for your whole camp? Um, like for me, I tried changing, like I'm anxious or nervous about this. So when I compete to like, I'm excited to do this because I know I'm going to show up. I know I'm going to do it. I'm not going to pull out. I'm not going to Ian Gary. Uh, I'm going <laughs> to show up whether, whatever it is, like, unless I have a staph infection or I have an injury, I'm going I'm to show up. And I know I'm going to do it. So it's like, I might as well change my mentality. And my friend Fabian really helped me out a lot with that. He's like, man, you're, go you're good. They're going to be good. You're going to go out there. You're going to do it. So you might as well understand that you're excited at this point. And I'm always looking to find like books on mentality, like uh, uh, Phil Knight. I love his book. Uh, just like trying to, like people who have done a really good job at winning and are so cool under pressure fascinates me like obviously kobe fascinates me he scares me a little bit that like mamba mentality i'm just like i don't know if i can keep up to that yeah. you know but uh i'm fascinated by that guy like in his mentality his work ethic and i obviously millions are uh but yeah like what is your approach to mindset when you fight and or when you compete well um for me i kind of had to have like a shift in mindset um, before because I had this thought where I was just like, it's only 15 minutes. You could do anything for 15 minutes. And then I realized... Relax there, Tiger. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh -huh, we're trying our best, dude. No. But um, then the, <laughs> well, the flaw in that is just thinking that there is an end in sight. Whereas like in a fight, you got to be prepared to fight this motherfucker to the death. You know, and that means at all costs because that's the that's what you signed up for. So that's kind of like the mentality shift over my last few fights and not thinking like, oh, it's 15 minutes. I got to get through 15 minutes. It's like, no, 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 no. The task at hand is to take this guy out, yeah. you know, and that's not going and trying for a decision or whatever. It's trying to, you know do whatever i can do to make the referee stop the fight yeah um so like going out there with the intentions of winning yeah and yeah. not just the intentions of winning but like hurting that person because that's what i'm getting paid to do you know um sounds terrifying it, it it is and you know like it's you can't you can't just walk around with this on so it's something that like you kind of have to develop it over like a six or an eight week camp where it's just like it's more of an attitude the more that you get into the gym and it's just like you know we have our back and forth and everything um when it comes to sparring and stuff but i'm just like you know just like i'm you're not going to get up from here you know i'll say that to uh, my training partner sometimes and it's just like you got to have that mentality that like i'm going to hold you down or i'm going to win at all costs mm -hmm. um and you know talking about nerves and everything like everyone's going to get nervous and something that banks helped me out with is thinking about you know, sitting with those nerves before you spar sometimes, not always hopping in and doing the first round, but sometimes like sitting there and watching like how you will be in the back sometimes where you got to watch two or three fights or where like at me and Jarrell's point in our career, we're almost always like co-main or main event now until we get into the big show. Um, but yeah, sitting with those nerves and like knowing what it's going to feel like before you go out there and take that walk. Cause our sparring days are supposed to be, you know, we don't do like 
a traditional like team warm up or anything when we spar. Everyone gets there and it's kind of like you're getting to the venue, you know. You do your warm up and then you get your rounds assigned and then we go and we do it, you know. Um, and that way you start to like every Friday or every Tuesday, how often you're sparring, you're going through like this, you know, dress rehearsal of what it's going to be like. And then, you know, for me, it's just building up and I'm a little bit more aggressive and I'm a little bit more, you know, on edge. And, you know, some sometimes, you know, coaches got to tell you, hey, pull it back a little bit, you know, don't go that hard. And so do you like going to that place? Do you feel like it helps you? Oh, man, I love it. I, I, you know, I've definitely chilled out the older I get. But like there's there's nothing like, you know, getting in a good scrap or just feeling that adrenaline after, you know, you just traded some leather with, you know, my sparring partners. And like, you know, it's all love afterwards. But like, you know, um, Dern, you know, we're I have little to no concern for his well-being, you know, until the coach says, hey, hey, don't, don't hit each other that hard. Yeah. <laughs> and then we pull it back yeah. a little bit because, you know, we do a very good job at taking care of each other. But we also get after it. And that's what you need. You got to have those training partners that you trust and. No, we got a good uh, good foundation over there. Nice, dude. Are you also trying to kill your training partners? <laughs> Are you trying uh, to boogeyman them? So I would I would say no. I I don't want to kill like my, my partner. He's like my main training partner. Not I yet. try to <laughs> don't try to hurt him. Sounds much. really fucking exciting to, for the next training session. <laughs> I was like. This guy's thinking about killing me before every fight, every round. No, I was like, you definitely want to go go uh, get after it because you know if I'm a. Uh, if I'm if I'm letting him off the hook or he's letting me off the hook, then we're gonna go out there and we're gonna let our opponents off the hook. So it's up yeah. to me to get the maximum amount of effort, and I really want to take this guy for all he's worth. Because if if I'm if I'm not doing that, then I'm not being a good teammate. Yeah, you know. But I'm not trying to hand out any concussions or anything. Like how we said, we you know we do a good job of uh, <clears throat> taking care of ourselves. But yeah, man, if we're if you're on the mat on you know on a sparring day. It, it's my job and you should want me to come after you with everything I've got because, you know, we're, we're all trying to be the right. best, you know? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. What, yeah it's like when you step onto that mat or for you yeah. guys, I'm sure when you step onto that cage, I'm like, I'm sure that you're kind of just like, uh, all right, we're, well, that's my favorite moment. Yeah. My favorite moment is when you take that step because you're like, we're fucking doing this. You yeah. Know? It's like, I'm here. And like, I'm, I'm going to like, yeah. I'm not just here. Like, and that's one thing that I like that Lance brought up. It's like, I've had that mentality before where it's like, uh, I'm going to make it through these uh, 10 minutes. I'm going to make it through this match through 10 minutes. And if I win, sick. And if I don't, well, then I like stepped up. And I think that's okay to like get you out there at the beginning, you know, to be like, all right, like you just got to get out there. But once you start taking this serious, I feel like you genuinely have to be like, no, I'm going to go out there to win, you know, like, and like, obviously, like, I don't try to tell myself I may not win because I don't feel like that's the positive affirmation you need. But I go out there and I try to tell myself, like, I'm going to go out. I've trained, uh, like, A, I'm not competing if I haven't trained my fucking ass off. Like, I refuse to compete unprepared. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, short-term opportunities are a thing and, like, you have to take them when you have to. But I, I believe in preparing for this stuff because I take this very serious. And, like, at least if I go out there, I'm going to fucking go out to perform. And B, uh, even though it's jiu-jitsu, I want to to perform i want to go out there and i want people to be like that was an exciting match you know and i want to really try to constantly advance it and it's crazy because i know when i get out there like i may not win i may not lose but i'm going to fucking throw down and i've been doing this for long enough to where and i've been training and studying and i've trained with i believe the right people when i needed to um and it's like man like i'm good at this you know maybe i'm not the best in the world but i'm good enough to that that i should throw my name in that bucket and definitely test myself. And I struggle with that sometimes, you know, I struggle with like, really like, I know that, but it's like, I guess I don't believe it enough. And like, it's like, 
I really feel like I have to just kind of do the thing, you know? Yeah. And just kind of like show up. And especially now that I'm going to have a kid, I feel like I definitely like, because I'm going to, I want jujitsu to be a part of their life. I don't want to obviously force it on them. I'm going to force the fuck out of that on them. Um, <laughs> they're going to be world champion because I never was. Um, but uh, I'm, you know, I want them to at least compete once, you know? Yeah. Because you, I feel like you have to at least compete once in like some type of martial arts or combat or gymnastics whatever you need to have all eyes on you and have pressure and have to step up to the plate and like try to perform because i think that builds your character and it makes you way more willing to fail and take risk in the future than you don't you know and i I know i brought him a few times but i'm really inspired by a friend of mine my boy fabian he man he's he's gone out there and he's gotten really big opportunities in jiu-jitsu like who's next and all this stuff and man we were in the trenches together in jiu-jitsu uh driving in his car from brooklyn to long island to queens to manhattan to train uh, allegedly tra- taking kratom um <laughs> fucking allegedly smoking 18 joints throughout the whole day driving all over the place but it was such a it was such an awesome build together and to see him he's so strong mentally and i know he deals with nerves too but like yeah. really like you know having that somebody that you're close with that's also doing the thing that you're coming up with and like they get out there and they get after it really like motivates the fuck out of me and it's like it's true like what you're saying you know it's like once you once you get there it's the most fun thing that you for sure done. but it's the moments that lead up to that's it, what that it where, is. where it's like your mind becomes yeah. your mind becomes like kind of your i don't want to say your enemy but it can you know mm. it definitely can like trap you into what this so yeah yeah i try to visualize a lot you know i try to visualize not winning and not losing i try to visualize myself uh the noise of the atmosphere sometimes i'll fall asleep with like uh tournaments uh that are just like recorded like a three hour like a mat number eight recording and i just fall asleep visualizing and listening to the crowd mm-hmm. and just like the noises of what it's going to be like and then i visualize myself stepping on the mats if it's ibjf i visualize the colors of the mats I, tr- I visualize shaking the referee's hand everything so that by the time that i get there it doesn't feel estranged you know yeah it feels like i've done this a million times and i don't visualize myself winning or losing i don't know if that's good or bad but i visualize myself doing things like oh i try to knee slice it works or i knee slice and they turtle or i knee slice and they start taking my back or they're on my back i'm gonna fight the hands and i visualize myself getting out of positions or like trying to finish things but like i think visualization has really helped me out a lot you know yeah and yeah and i think that's a cool point that it's like once you step up to there it's like the nerves leave they completely yeah they, they completely leave. Leave. yeah and it's like yeah. man i was so nervous you know, so nervous gone, you know and like yeah. it's like the second you finish you're like when can i do that again exactly exactly i know exactly what you're talking about and, and it was like that when i used to cut to 45 oh, I i'm like this is it i'm not doing this shit again How i'm like i'm hella nervous i'm all skinny i'm like this is bullshit and then like i do the fight and as soon as it ends i'm like all right when's the next one yeah yeah right. when's the next? book it right now yeah, can yeah. i fight on an indian casino tomorrow <laughs> yeah, you know seriously. like what's blackhawks regulations like over there yeah it, it, it's it's wild man yeah, yeah i think wild. mindset's a crazy thing too but man honestly it's so cheesy but i like I think for our generation, Kobe definitely was one of the dudes who understood mindset. And I know Mamba mentality and all that. But going a little deeper into that, like into his philosophy, like why didn't he pass the ball? And it was like, well, he saw his teammates who wanted the ball show up late to practice, leave early, like not try their hardest in practice. Yeah. And his career, his his livelihoods on the line, you know, their reputation of the Lakers, like why would he pass you the ball, you know? Yeah. It's like stuff like that where it's like, man, that's true. And it, like it doesn't necessarily have to do with like competing mindset, but that like no like uh like if you didn't do the work like i'm like like i'm not relying on you I'm yeah not doing that. yeah you know and then that's a game where you have to you have to trust you know and another, another thing with my this is gonna be kinda, this is the last thing i'm gonna say this, this, this is gonna be uh i hope it doesn't come off as like cliche but i got that you, you know that david goggins book can't hurt me right yeah. 
So I got the audio version of this book. And when it, I think it came out in like, I don't know, 2018, 2019, yeah. something like that. Right. Along and with so, him in his like, uh, in his uh, Marine outfit. Yeah. Yeah. I got you. Yeah. So I, I had a fight coming up. Right. And I had to do the travel to, I couldn't even bring a corner. So I flew out to this fight by myself, but I had somebody, it was in Anchorage. So I had somebody drive to Fairbanks, one of my old teammates yeah. to corner me. Right. But I had to spend all the travel time alone. And the hotel time alone, right? Yeah. So you're just in there with you. That's your but mind, dude. I had the I had already listened to the audio version of this book, and so I was just playing it back again. And I was on some other shit, man. I was taking like <laughs> cold showers. I was sitting there like ice cold showers, you know. That's I was wild, like, dude. and I'm like, I hope. Are you good with cold this- water? What's that? Are you good with cold water? Yeah, I, well, at this point, I was really before? now before no. I'm, I don't know why that's like that's my kryptonite. I don't know. Yeah. It's just like some South American. It's something shit. that you have to that you have to gradually like build into. I think. Bro, I will find my grandma before I take a whole <laughs> yeah, shower. That's here. hilarious. After after a while, they get addicting. But it, with this in this mindset, I was in after reading this and stuff. Like I was taking like ice cold showers. I was like, man, I hope this fight is the hardest thing that has ever happened to me. Like I hope it's extreme. Like I was just on some other shit, and the fight actually ended up being really easy. Yeah, but uh because the work was hard yeah yeah you know I, but i was so like i was ready for like the hardest thing and then i've had fights where i had an opponent that maybe i underestimated yeah right thinking okay you know i'm just gonna go out here man. and then next thing you know i'm in a fight and i'm You're, like oh yeah, shit that sucks bro <laughs> that's happened to me a couple yeah, times yeah. not underestimated but like the opponent that i'm supposed to get in the next round is like some world-class dude and i'm like that world-class dude doesn't even know what's coming to him. And then I lose first round. And I'm like, oh, I got to win the first round. I got to focus on what yeah. fucking counts. You know? yeah, I'm like, sure. I'm an idiot. I'm like, I fucking, I'm an idiot. You know? Yeah. Damn. Yeah. But yeah, man, that's awesome. It's uh, it's a cool <laughs> introspect to see like different mentalities and like kind of like the same point. What's your take on like mindset and fighting? Like what are things that like, what do you like to do? Like, do you like to listen to like these like Kobe motivational 15 minute speeches with like intense <laughs> music in the background? Do you just like to like chill out? What's your approach? So I would say, so the first first thing I always like to keep in mind, and then I tell people who who like you know say it's like their first few fights or whatever you know, like if you're dealing with nerves, right? Is one, it's normal, and two, your opponent is certainly dealing with nerves as well, you know. And um, if you know the contract is signed, so I, it was you who said this, I think, where it's it's happening, it's happening, right? So. Yeah. Like you're gonna show up, yeah. It, it, Unless like you get really badly injured, which like yeah. it's not viable for your career, you know. But like you're gonna show up for sure. It's like yeah, you went and some sometimes even some fighters. I'm sure some fighters have these thoughts like, man, why did my dumbass have to go sign up for this bullshit? You know. But it it's happening. You signed up. Yeah. You know. So don't focus on something that doesn't doesn't matter. Like you you haven't second thoughts or even getting like some cold feet or like damn man is, is it really my turn or is it you know none of that stuff is gonna is gonna help you like what's gonna help you is being focused on what what you have to go out there and do because you did sign up for this you know and and i don't know you know that that just kind of keeps me grounded whereas like you know i try to keep what's what's uh in front of me uh that's what i'm focused on and, and i'm also uh i'm pretty much blind right without my contacts in I got you. and so i take my contacts out. i don't fight with my contacts in so, you're crazy bro uh it helps me focus on exactly what's in front of me i don't need to be thinking about so and so in the crowd and tell them you, tell you them know. about your last fight so wait, like what this do you so what do you see when you fight though is it just like an 8-bit version of life yeah well i can i can see th- that there's somebody in, in front of like i spar without my contacts in holy too. shit dude. and i you know I, like i've gotten used to it you know so i spar without my contacts in and i really only need to, to 
there's nothing else that needs to be on my mind except what's directly in front of me. So I, I feel like it helps me focus. And like Lance said, tell him about my, about tell my, him, tell my him. last fight. Oh, uh, man. Tell us a little bit about your last fight. You where, can where, hear, where was it, first of all? Uh, I was in Louisiana. Okay, where in Louisiana? Because that matters. Lafayette. Uh, yeah, Lafayette. Oh, okay, yeah. cool. So yeah. you definitely might have fought a dumpster crack person. Cool. Oh, man. Oh, <laughs> why do you got to do them like that? <laughs> oh, you guys did. Okay, they're um, one for one. Uh, check on the Louisiana personnel people. Cool. And the guy the guy was kind of, he, he took, some, took some hard shots and yeah, just kind of like tissue. yeah it was, it was what was the name of the promotion zombified hmm? what was the name of the promotion uh bfc bfc okay yeah nice. by you fighting championship, you fighting yeah. championship. Nice. so so we're clinched on the cage in the first round and i hear i you know i'm just hearing this this voice i hear this this girl just, oh you got it you you got it get that takedown was it, it was that oh dude it was just like this big old someone's auntie there was like three there was three people in the crowd for Jarrell and I was one of them nice. and all I hear was like you got him Jarrell take him down <laughs> and then like get the takedown yeah. who was it oh it was just some some, some random oh, uh, yeah. lo- loving big old black lady yeah. <laughs> she, she saw you she's like I know who I'm going for yeah, yeah. I was like okay I was he, like I got some people in yeah. here with he you're like looking at her you're like who the fuck what if like who is that oh yeah no, I was that's confused. hilarious dude I was, you should, bro you should have taken a photo thereafter I, I, hey i don't i don't even know what she looked like i didn't have my contacts back until well, i got to the valve like man there's some grandma in the crowd that yeah really well, have my back well Tell grandma about, um before the the walkout because that's what i was getting at with the contacts oh yeah they played so they played her they told us hey we're gonna have an intermission before your fight right because we're warming up they're like you're gonna have time because we're gonna do an intermission and they're going to let you know, like when you, you know, when you're going to walk out or whatever. Right. So I still have my contacts in. We're backstage, you know, we're just sitting back and they're like, and next coming to the cage. And they just announced me out of nowhere. And I'm still, I'm still sitting there and yeah. the corner room is open. So everyone in the crowd just turns and looks at, I'm like, Oh shit, it's, it's, it's time to fight. And so like, I had to take my contacts out. Like I'm scrambling, <laughs> trying to grab the bucket. Oh dude. It was they're like, yeah. they're like, it, like, you know how the sign does his walkout. They're like, is this his walkout? He's oh, like, oh the contacts. It was horrible. Like I took them out and I ran out to the cage and then we didn't have the, any Vaseline. Like we were not, cause they told Louisiana, us. Louisiana baby. Yeah. And oh, I'm like, dude. Man, I need some Vaseline and my intro song. Man, they ended up they got it wrong like three times because oh, they just nice. kept it just kept looping because it took so long. I'm like, this is horrible. This is a, it was what, the worst. What intro was your ever. walkout song? Uh, Vince Staples, nice. um, North North, DJ Quick. Okay, cool. yeah, good nice, song. Good it's Staples. short though. You yeah, know, so yeah, it'll loop. They keep playing that shit. Yeah, like, I'm like, it's not even cool anymore. They're like, play it again. <laughs> Play yeah, again, like, play it again, yeah. Because, you know, it'll stop for, like, five seconds and yeah. just play again. I'm like, man, I just look dumb now. I'm just <laughs> standing here and waiting. How, how, uh, so you won, right? You won uh, TKO? Uh, decision. Or decision, nice. Yeah. Uh, who, uh, what weight class are you fighting at? 170? 55. 155? Yeah. Dude, this is why I fucking went vegan. Because of people <laughs> like this guy. I would, I would be like, yeah, I'll sign. I'll, I'll do a grappling match against Jarrell Askew. I'll look him up and I'll be like, what the fuck? <laughs> I'd be like, yo, did you send me the wrong name? And they're like, no, yeah, 155. And I'd be like, what the fuck, dude? Uh, All the people I compete against were like boyons. And I was like, oh, dude. <laughs> and I was never taller. It wasn't like I was. Because yeah. I used to walk around when I wasn't a vegan. I used to walk around like at 170. Yeah. Oh, wow. And, uh, but I was like. You know, just like a yeah. birdie, and I tried to cut weight, and I couldn't get under one like one fifty eight, and I got up to one fifty eight, and I was like, "This is what I'm making," you know? Yeah. And then I compete against like people who were just like, "Yeah, like that's fucking insane, dude." One fifty five. Yeah. Dude, I had seven fights at forty five. No way, bro. How tall <laughs> yeah. are you? 
uh, like six two, six three when the sun's out. That's where the athletic commission needs to step in, dude. Because I don't want to be called a bitch, but I'm also <laughs> like, fuck, dude. No way. Like jujitsu, it's like, all right, like I don't have to deal with the reach, kind of, you know. Yeah. But like fighting, no way, bro. That's like. I'll never fight, but that's why I be like, I look at people like you. You're like 155. I'm like, okay, I'll fight at 115 at one champions women's division, please. That is funny. You know? Yeah, uh, that's crazy. So, um, you mentioned before that you're vegan. Um, is that a big reason of why you're able to make 155? No, I was fighting at 55 uh, before, but I just, I don't know. I, I always had like some weird ailments and stuff, and they went away. Like when I went vegan, like you know, like most of my allergies went away. I used to be just a sickly kid. I yeah. was man, I was sick. A lot man. of asthma. Yeah, asthma is like like Mucus I stuff. used to have pneumonia like once yeah. a month. Man, it was horrible. Yeah, that like sucks, man. like I was always and now I only have allergies around certain cats and certain dogs. That's the only time my allergies go off, and I don't get sick. And uh, my like my digestion is better. I just feel way better. Yeah, man. Yeah. I mean, for me too. I like. I don't want to make this a fucking. I already can hear the people fucking oh, yeah. in their eyes. Oh yeah. They hate it. They yeah, hate it's it. amazing. Yeah, <laughs> like it's like. I've never gotten more shit for like something that I'm just doing personally that yeah. affects nobody but me. Oh, I've never. People yeah. get infuriated. Dude, there's there's a YouTube out yeah. that talks that and it's like fighter says going vegan helped him or something yeah and it was just me the some random dude interviewing me and the comments are just like yeah like like blaming no me. mercy yeah I'm like yeah. i'm sorry man. like you're getting more hate than fucking israel so much hate. Is. yeah, yeah dude. it's insane yeah it's crazy man it's like uh but i get it so there's some fucking obnoxious vegans you know where it's oh, like yeah, yeah where like they like that's all they do though like they don't like like maybe they just have a shitty job and their whole identity becomes that yeah and then it's like right. too much you know it's like too much it's like there's both sides it's Definitely. like a carnivore diet like you have your people where it's like bro relax like you're turning gray like <laughs> you can eat a piece of mango you know it doesn't yeah. make you less of a man but like I also definitely like in my opinion, I don't think everyone should be vegan. I think it's so subjective to yeah, how your body works. I agree with that. Like 100%. I think this works really well for me. I, I was dealing with a lot of stomach issues for a while. Like my dad had diverticulitis at a young age. Um, my wife had really bad eczema. And she's the one who like wanted to try it, and I jumped on with it to try because I also wanted to not fucking compete against guys your size, you know, <laughs> compete against fucking people my size, a bunch of yeah. people from the West, you know, and um, and my fucking South American brothers. But um, but yeah, I dropped weight immediately. My stomach issues have gone away. Yeah, somehow I'm still alive four years later. You know. Yeah, I had yeah. so many people tell me I was just gonna die. Yeah, people were just like, "Yo, man, you realize like you're just you can't live like that. Like you're not gonna survive." Yeah, it's, and it's been like seven years. Yeah, I have people tell me I was gonna lose my eyesight. I'm like, it's already gone. Yeah. <laughs> what are you talking? About? Yeah. Do you guys supplement a lot with vitamin B12? Yeah, I was gonna ask you what like how do you like to supplement around this? I take vitamin B12. I take a K2, D3. You know, like the the big ones and, and there, there's there's stuff that I always get right like I make my own sea moss and oh, and nice. I'm real big on trace minerals okay you know and, and uh, making sure I think minerals are one of the most important things that are not talked about nearly nearly enough you know if you get your minerals in you then your body can take that and make a lot of what it needs you know especially so, for people who are constantly sweating too yeah you know? definitely it's it's important you know if you're gonna work out for hours at a time and um, I feel like yeah I do I do supplement. But in this day and age, no matter what kind of diet you're on, you you should be supplementing because yeah. all the food is depleted to some extent, right? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, the food quality out here. Like, obviously, like I don't want this. Like, people think like it's like a shit on the U.S. I love this country, um, but definitely our food is very mishandled or like yeah. very like our food is like very politicized. It's like the FDA, the USDA. 
Uh, I remember going to Italy, and obviously they have their own problems and all their shit over there. But man, the quality of the food over there was mind blowing. Mm. I like I remember eating. This was before I was vegan years ago, and I remember eating pizza and pasta, and I lost weight on that trip. And it wasn't because I was like walking crazy; yeah. it was just the quality of their food. That's what and, I heard too, man. Yeah. That's that's awesome. And I think that's like a big thing out here yeah. too. It's like the. Uh, we, there's just so many people to feed that it's like it's also like a give and take you know we live in a, where it's like everyone's kind of just on the go all the time trying to get some shit but uh yeah man i i definitely like uh i don't think this is like i don't think it's for everybody like uh i, I think you guys have trained with mallory before right mallory martin yeah she's mm-hmm. about to fight and she told me that she switched to like an all red meat diet for her fight and that she's feeling great and killing yeah. it and like why would i go up to her and be like well you know that's wrong no it's like i don't give a shit yeah it's know? like if it works for you it works yeah, for you, it works for you, you know? it works. yeah Definitely. one of my friends has like really bad like glucose intolerance like, if he ate any of the shit that we eat he'd like die you know yeah yeah and like for you too like a lot of it a lot of it is culture which my i come from a, Venez- a venezuelan family so like going vegan i remember i told my uncle and he was like bro if you like boys just tell me <laughs> you don't have to like soft pitch this you know and i was oh, like man. no i'm literally here with my girlfriend and he's like now i'm just now it's all just sus and i was like <laughs> I was like, I'm just trying to like not have like the hereditary stomach issues that we have. And he's like, I've never been more disappointed. Yeah. You know? Some people just, yeah, they just like, no, I'm not feeling that. Does your, is your family vegan as well? No, certainly not. Certainly not. Right. My, my yeah. dad, my, so my family's originally from Texas. So my dad, huge in the barbecue. It's delicious. Like, though. Yeah. Yeah. He, like, he I'm knows, never going to be like, it's not delicious. Yeah. You know? he, yeah. He's just, and, and I, it's so funny because I'm actually going up there for Christmas uh, next week. And I'm just, I'll just be up in there just eating my, my seaweed yeah. salads and shit. Can I have know? a side of fries, please? That's what he <laughs> <at> everywhere <laughs> we go. Yeah, it's hilarious. And he's out there like, he'll be making brisket, barbecue, Ooh. and all types of, yeah, Lance, types is, of Lance is like, are we wrapping up soon, you know? Oh, he's ready. Yeah. Iris, stop, buddy. That's my dog trying to make a surprise appearance. Hmm. Um, but yeah, man, that's, uh, that's awesome, man. It's awesome. It's hard, especially if you come from like a like for us, we would we would cook what we call churrasco all the time, so like skirt steak, mm. and we would do that like all the time. Like even even in New York, before I went vegan, I would buy like a uh, like a pork shoulder, and I would slow cook it over like twelve hours, and just me and my boy Ricky, we, we were living together, and we would just eat that throughout the week and stuff like that. And man, like I'm never gonna see it here and say it's like not delicious, but yeah. ever since changing to this, it's definitely like made a really big impact for me. And yeah. again, like. Like it, I, my coach said one time, he's like, I don't, because he's like a vegetarian and shit. He's like, I don't understand why people brag about this. He's like, I'm literally just, I'm not eating a certain food. Why would you brag about that? And I'm like, exactly, dude. Yeah. It's like, like, like one of my favorite things, like, I don't, people didn't even know I was vegan when I first moved here for the longest. I, you know, I didn't run around and say, hey, hey, it guess doesn't what? matter. You know, and, and it, it's, it's funny to me too, because like. People wouldn't wouldn't know, you know, and and then they then they find out, and and now like so, say somebody were to find out I was vegan and I stubbed my toe, they're like, see, <laughs> yeah, you know, and I'm like, you didn't even know I was vegan, like yeah, yeah. For, the, for the whole time you knew me, and now I stubbed my toe, and it's like I'm your vegan. credit score went down. I told you that vegan <laughs> yeah. shit, dude. I'm like, what, bro? And so, yeah. and it's hilarious because. Uh, I love like the people who bought in like who like really bought into the liver king shit and they were like tanning their nutsack oh, yeah. and they're eating raw liver and I'm like oh but I'm a freak for eating yeah. tofu okay <laughs> yeah. okay bro go tan your nutsack oh dude. man but whatever it is yeah. Uh, yeah I just wanted to get your take I, you'll probably be one of one vegan MMA oh, fighters yeah. that come in here yeah. but uh, it's cool man it's cool like I just wanted to have like 
you're fighting right now. You're having a successful MMA career. You're still alive somehow, you know? Yeah, and somehow, it, and it, like at the same time, Lance is on the other side. Lance eats a very like animal-based diet and he does really well with it, you know? Yeah. He like walks around in a weight class where he like his body responds well. And I think that's ultimately, especially if you're in performance in any type of like sports or anything, I think it's like finding what works for you. You, you know? have to. And everyone's yeah. different. Everyone's different, man. And it's like, yeah, like... Like, if you're a vegan, don't be giving shit to other people for not being vegan. Like, just fucking let people be. Yeah, do your thing. For sure. For sure. I'll just say, eat more plants in general. For, like, even if you're on the carnivore diet or whatever, you know, that aside, you know, people should eat less bread, eat more plants. Yeah. That's it. It helps me. Yeah. Well, gentlemen, thanks so much for coming on. We're going to do a little extra uh, covering this UFC card. We're going to do a crazy $10 parlays and like a little quick recap of this card. And we're going to fucking throw out our ridiculous expectations. You laptop. <laughs> uh, all right, gentlemen, thanks so much for coming on. It's been really fun, fucking awesome having you guys. Uh, for those uh, eight or maybe that's a high number I'm shooting for, for mom and dad, you're listening. Thank you so much for listening to this <laughs> shit. Uh, we're going to be back soon. And we're going to do a segment where we take our guests out to go eat some cool vegan food around uh, Colorado. And I'm going to try and get some of the most manliest men and manliest women because it's 2023 uh, to come out here and try some vegan food and maybe change your mind. Look, you can eat it once. It doesn't make you... Anyways, have a great day.